let's kick off today this whole idea of thanks living, being thankful. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with my joy, you, you, can, you can find joy in being thankful. You can. About a year and a half ago, we looked at Romans chapter 7, verse 14, and then Romans 8. We'll look at it again today in a totally different context. And so here we go, Romans 7, 14 through 25, and then we'll get into Romans 8. Are you ready? Yeah. Turn in your Bibles there. I'll wait. If you don't have a Bible, they're in the seat in front of you. They're free. You can take them with you. You can write in them. You can mark them up. You can do whatever you want with them as long as you read them. Romans seven fourteen through 25. You ready? Here we go. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, that is no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me that does it. So I find that this law at work, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for your word, and thank you for the precious people that are in this room right now. pray that you would move me out of the way, speak to every heart what they need to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul is setting us up right here. He's setting us up in the sense that he is coming clean. He's becoming transparent. And this is, if you're new to the Bible, Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, a ton of the New Testament, and did a lot of amazing things for God, so much so that we're sitting here today, thousands of years later, listening to what Paul had to say. And Paul is indicting himself. He's indicting himself and saying, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I do want to do, I don't do. We've talked about this before. All these things that I know I should be doing, I'm not doing. And the things that I shouldn't be doing, I'm doing. And so he says, i got this law at work in me, and I cannot match up to this law. I can't, I can't man up, is what he's saying. On my own, I can't. And so he paints this picture for us. Now, hear me, this is not... A, a message where we get to say we get to do whatever we want and then claim Romans 8. Because Romans 8 doesn't come without Romans 7, and Romans 7 doesn't come without Romans 8. Okay, So we're going to jump into Romans 8, and this is what Paul says to us about being thankful. Things in our life that we can be thankful about spiritually. Number one, 
I'm thankful that through Christ I am no longer condemned. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, so we just jumped out of what Paul just said. Are you with me? Here we go. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. You go back to the point right there, you'll see, I am thankful that through Christ, I am no longer condemned. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I hate to be redundant for some of you who have been attending a church here for a while, but as a pastor... I have to acknowledge that we've had almost 500 people saved this year. And this, this may be a, like a, this may be a new concept to some of you because maybe you were raised in a, a church or a synagogue or maybe you grew up going to a certain place and you were taught that God condemns. God, God doesn't condemn, God convicts through the Holy Spirit. And we're going to learn that. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. But you, you have to realize today, especially if you just started working with the Lord, walking with the Lord, you have to realize this whole idea of condemnation is not from God. Conviction is. Condemnation is that voice that comes in and says, you know you weren't supposed to do that, and you did it anyway, and you are, you're such a slacker. You, you are a waste. God could never love you. You No, no, that's not God. Read the Bible. That's not God. God did, went to every extreme that He could to make sure that you knew He loved you. So condemnation is different from conviction. Now, what is conviction? Conviction is the Holy Spirit. Conviction is, again, that voice that says, Hey, Jason, probably shouldn't do that. Hey, Hey, you probably probably should move away from that. Hey, you probably shouldn't think about that. Hey, and it's moving, and it's firm, and it's loving, and it's truth. Conviction's not uh, condemnation's not truth. Condemnation is telling you that you're somebody that you're not. In other words, you're worthless. My Bible doesn't say I'm worthless. My Bible says that I'm an apple of His eye. God's mad at you. My Bible doesn't tell me God's mad at you because my Bible says He loved me so much, He sent His only Son to die for me. See, conviction is is this amazing realm of a place where you can know the truth while accepting love. That's good. I need to put that in my journal. Conviction. I'm hearing the truth but I'm feeling God's love. He's wrapping His arms around me, saying, I love you, at the same time saying, you shouldn't do that. And man, what a better life it would be if we tuned in to the voice of the Spirit. I'm getting ahead of myself right now because we have a a bunch of other stuff to talk about today. Verse 2. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So the only way that I could actually get it in my mind that I am okay in God's sight is because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of the sin and death. How many of you love rules? Sick people. 
And you didn't raise your hand. You love rules. Rules make my wife feel safe. We'll go somewhere like to a concert, to a ball game, and there'll be a sign that says, don't do this. And, she'll, and I'll, I'll be starting to do it. She'll, don't do that. I'm like, sweetie, I'm a, like, we're adults and we're good people. And just, well, she's, she'll just freeze up. Don't do that. The bathroom's right there, and there's this little piece of tape right in front of it. We're in New York, and remember this? The bathroom's right there. We're getting in line for the, the deal. Yeah, and I'm like, i got to go to the bathroom. And I'm like going to jump this like, little barrier. Don't do that. They have that there for a reason. <laughs> well, i got to pee for a reason. <laughs> i got to go. <laughs> but, but the law... The law was given to us for a reason. It's kind of, it, it, it's really neat. God said, look, these guys need, they need some kind of boundary. They need some kind of a way to, to, to make sure that they, and we couldn't do it. Humanity could not keep the law of God. And we still can't. And that's why Jesus came. And so through, through Jesus, I've been set free from the law of sin and death. I've been set free in the, in the sense of I know sin brought death to who I am, yet I've been set free from that through Jesus Christ. And again, this is an elementary maybe message for some of you, but it's, it's dead gum good news. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Number two, I'm thankful that God had a plan. Romans 8.3 for what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in sinful man. I am so thankful that God had a plan for me. And if you're here today and you feel like you're wandering through the world and you feel like you're wandering through life and you're wandering through marriage and you're wandering through parenting and you're wandering through relationships... If that's you and you're here today, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear it right now. God has a plan for your life. You may not realize it right now. It may not make sense right now. You may think there is no way that God... Yes, God has a plan for your life. And I'm thankful for that. I'm so thankful that I don't wake up every day money being my God. Got to do this, got to do this, got to do this so I can make money. Yeah, we got to pay the electric bill. Yes, we have to buy groceries. Yes, we need to work. We need to be worthy of our hire. But I am so stinking thankful that that, that doesn't drive my life. What drives my life is I'm on purpose. All right, I'm going to preach to about four of you right now. The rest of you can just bow your heads. Here we go. I am so thankful that I'm on purpose. I'm so thankful that I can look at my children and tell them their own purpose. I'm so thankful my wife looks at me and says, you're on purpose. I'm so thankful for the rest of the days that I get to live on this earth and breathe in the wonderful air that God has given me. I'm going to live every day knowing I'm on purpose. And when you know God's got a plan and you know you're on purpose, it's, a, it's, like, a, it's like this. Right? Because the days that you know you're not living on purpose, you're miserable. But the day that you know you're living on purpose, it's like, 
bam, home run. And do we, no, we don't always hit home runs. But the idea is, I'm so, for what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in sinful man. So, what I couldn't do, God did for me by sending His only Son and by the virtue of that and by the fact that I put my faith in Jesus Christ, I can wake up every day and know that God has a plan for my life. Come on, let's, let's quit being like waking up going, ugh. I turned 42 this year, and Raina and I, I told her the other day, I was like, not her, of course, she's perfect. I, I, I told her, I was like, man, I've gotten this really bad habit. Like, I'll say, ugh, ugh. Any, anybody? Anybody? Testify. Like, get up. All you're doing is getting off the couch. You've been watching football for two hours and all you do is get up. So I'm working on that, right? I'm I'm working on that. Here's the idea. What I can't do in my own, God did for me by sending Jesus. And there's a plan for my life. Young people in this room right now, hear that. God's got a plan for your life. You hear that, you write it down, put it in your bathroom, put it somewhere in your journal, put it in your phone. God has a plan for your... We are all on purpose. And I'm so thankful for that. What an amazing way to live. What an awesome... That got me out of bed this morning. Right? That's why I'm here today. Because God's got a plan. Number, Number three. I'm thankful that through Christ I passed the test. Romans 8, 4, in order that the righteous requirements of the law be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. I'm so thankful that through Christ I passed the test. You might be here today and you, you may feel you might feel like really dirty. You might feel like, man, I don't this world is taking its toll on me. You might feel like I don't add up. I don't measure up. I've been doing really bad in this area of my life and my parents aren't pleased with me. Or, As a parent, you might feel like my kids aren't pleased with me. As a single adult, you may, wherever you're at in life, you may feel like, you know what, I'm just not measuring up. And, and I'm going to say this, but you have to listen to what I have to say after this. We don't measure up. This is a Selah moment right here. We don't. Does that give us the option to just keep doing what we're doing if it's not in reference to this Bible? No. Because Paul already went through that in Romans 7. But what it does do, it lets us know that we have a God that is supporting us, walking with us, and being with us at every moment. And through what Jesus, through what God did for us by sending Jesus, I meet the requirements of the law only by, watch this, only by living by the Spirit. So here we go. Here we go. Everybody tap your foot and say, this is going to hurt. Come on, man. Eric's the only one that did it. Come on, ready? One, two, three. Now stomp on your neighbor's toe. Y'all don't do that. I got flip-flops on, man. Don't touch my toe. But according to the Spirit, 
the Spirit of God, the gift, the counselor, the ones that walks with us. He, he leads us and guides us and directs us. And that's how we pass the test. Let's, let's go to number four right here. And you'll see I'm thankful that the Spirit of God lives in me. Romans 8, 5-9. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not know Christ. Back to the point. I'm thankful that the Spirit of God lives in me. Can you say that today? Can you say, I am so stinking thankful that the Spirit of God lives in me? How many days do we go without acknowledging that? And that's God's gift to us. Jesus said, I've got to go away so another can come. And that one's going to walk with you. He's going to counsel with you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to be the paraclete. He's going to wrap himself around you. And if you will listen, he'll actually keep you out of trouble. I'm so thankful that the Spirit of God lives in me. Those who live according to sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Now watch this. Our sinful nature, Paul's trying to teach us something right here because he's already walked through it. Paul's already learned this. Or he's trying to learn it. He said, I haven't obtained this, but I'm trying to... This is just what I want to share with you, is what Paul's saying. He's saying, watch, listen... Act. He gets into this place where he talks about the sinful nature. And out of that sinful nature, he talks about our mind. Now, we're about to go on... Anybody been to the fair? I guess you call it a fair? Festival? It's awesome. Yeah. Two right here. Us. Yeah. We, we went to the fair yesterday with some friends. And it was amazing. And one, A lot of the rides go up and down or around and around, right? <laughs> kind of like NASCAR. You don't get it, but you watch it. (laughs) I don't understand. They're going in a circle the same way for two and a half hours. (laughs) It's the truth. It's how we are as humans. Mind and nature. So my sinful nature wants to reach out to things that are not good for me. Right? My mind ignites the sinful nature. I want you to listen to me. Because I know some of you sitting in this room right now, this is just going to bless you. It's blessed me by studying it. Every action starts with a thought. So if I'm thinking about things that are contrary to the Word of God, then at that moment, those thoughts are feeding my sinful nature. And at some point, it's going to awaken my sinful nature in me because every action starts with a thought. Then you go back and think about, oh my goodness, my sinful... See, you cannot allow your sinful nature to drive your thoughts. That's a cop-out. That's, that's something you just don't... Because we know in the Bible, it already tells us, our sinful nature calls to the world. Right? I hope, hopefully you've heard this before, but if you've never heard it, hopefully it's 
it, it will give you some freedom in some areas of your life. Our sinful nature calls to, to the world, but it does not make us think about things of the world. Because we control our own thoughts, because we can take every thought obedient to Christ, take it to the throne, leave it there. That's what the Bible says. We are so in charge of how we think. But are we? And here we go again about the thought life. And then you get back to this whole idea. How, how do we control our sinful nature? We think on things that are good, pure, holy. We hang out with people that say, hey, you need to read this book. Hey, let's go pray. Hey, you want to go... We, we control our, our sinful nature by controlling our mind. See, here's the idea. If you, let's just say you work in an office place, and you constantly, every day, think about this other person that's working there, man or woman, wherever, yeah, and, and so you think about them, at some point, you're going to give them a compliment because you've been thinking about them. So you're going to say something that... And and then you're going to notice what kind of coffee they drink. And then you're going to go by Starbucks and grab a couple of those and say, I was just thinking about you today, and you're going to throw some coffee on their desk. And then at some point, now I know y'all are getting, this is uncomfortable, isn't it? This is so uncomfortable. This is where we live. This is like, what do we think about? And then at some point, you're going to like, hey, that looks really good on you. And then at some point, there's going to be a business trip, and you're going to be on it together. And... Boom, clap, happens. And where did that start? Where did that wretchedness start? Think how I think. How I think is so important. How I think. And how do we get over how we think? Go to verse 6. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and... Say it with me. Oh, come on. Say it like you need it. Peace. Peace. See, because when I'm living my life in such a way that I know I should not be living it, I am not at peace. Can anybody agree with me on that one? You know, when, when you're living your life in such a way that you, you're, if you're not happy with yourself as far as how you're living biblically, you're not at peace. Watching things, doing things, saying things, relationships. And, and, and you know, God wouldn't approve of that. There's this continual agitation. It's called the Holy Spirit. There's a continual agitation in your life. And you're like, God, why am I not happy? Well, I'll tell you why. If you want to really ask the question, it's because how you're thinking and the things that you're doing. The mind of sinful, it's death. We know we're going to die. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. And boy, don't we toll for that. Peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Look at verse 7. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. I don't know how many of you in here ever went through a rebellious stage. 
and are going through one right now. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Because if you're going through one, you wouldn't admit it. <laughs> and if you've been through one, you don't want your kids to know you admit it. So uh, I can admit it. I had a friend of mine said, hey, somebody asked him, did you, did you ever go through a rebellious stage? And he said, no, my dad wouldn't allow it. <laughs> See, when, when we're living outside the leading of God's Spirit in our life. And I want you to hear this. This is for somebody right now. I I haven't really said this in any other service. If you're living outside of God's will for your life right now, and you're hostile towards God, and if you're hostile towards God, that's why you don't have any peace in your life. But if you're listening to the voice of the Spirit, and you're like, man, I've I've lived this. Raina and I, I hope you guys never look at us and go, oh, they're perfect. You know what? No. <laughs> this just makes me laugh. You are perfect. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no. What? And what an amazing thing to be involved in this Christ-following life where we get bumps, we get bruises, but to realize, and this is where the Word of God connects with our souls today and our lifestyle, we realize that if we're doing things outside of the Bible, we're not going to be at peace, we're not going to be at rest, and we're not pleasing God. Is that condemnation? Let's go back. No. It's truth. And God wrote this whole book for us in truth and love. Right? I mean, that, that's the whole idea. It's God's love letter to us. But if we're living in areas of our life that are outside of what this book says, and we're, we're hostile towards God, and there's no peace, and that stinks. And I want to tell you today, if you're here today and you're in that area of life, you can have peace. You can lay it down. You can let it go. You can move away from it. You can walk away. You can get people that will help you. You can look and say, you know what? I'm going to acknowledge that I'm not living the way I should live. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to walk away from this area of my life. And I am going to walk towards God. And I'm going to know God's going to help me. He's going to, he's going to set me free from doing things in my life that aren't like Him. Wow. It's amazing. That's an amazing deal. Like if, if I, was, I was in Pine Mountain, I was in Georgia, Dylan and I have taken this trip for eight years now, and we were on top of a mountain, and I was hunting, and he was somewhere else, and, and I started thinking about all the things. I came home, and Raina said, you look tired, and I said, yeah, but I feel good. <laughs> I didn't realize how clogged my mind was, and like mental clarity, I would take that over being rested physically any day. It's a, but I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking about peace, and I'm thinking about what it is to be at peace. And how I have so many people in my life that come ask me, why? Why why am I not at rest? Why am I not at peace? And I have to ask myself, why am I not? Well, are you listening to the voice of the Spirit in your life? Are Are you being that Proverbs person that is responsible yet on point yet at peace. And we think about this. So you're going to be controlled by something. It's either the Spirit of God or your sinful nature. 
And by virtue of you being here today, hearing this message and hearing the Word of God, I would say being controlled by the Spirit of God is much better than being controlled by the sinful nature because you're at peace. Verse 9 says it like this, You, us, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. In other words, when we accept, and I say this a lot, but I'll say it again for those of you maybe who are new. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you accept the grace of God, the Spirit of God indwells you. And then there you go. You know the Spirit of God. You know that voice, and you know absolutely, positively when He speaks to you. Last thing. I'm thankful for eternal life. I'm going to say that again, and hopefully somebody will either say amen or like be like, yeah, that's a good thing, dude. Rob, I'm counting on you right here. I am thankful for eternal life. Amen. Romans 8, 10 and 11. But if Christ is in you, now watch, watch this, watch. We just came out of Romans 7, 14 through 25, talking, Paul's... He's coming clean. He's saying, I can't do this on my own. Oh boy, I'm a wretched man. Who in the world is going to save me from my activity in my mind and in my sinful nature? So take a deep breath and know Paul is right there with you. And at that point, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Who's righteousness? Jesus. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Go back to the point, Larry. You look at this. I'm thankful for eternal life. I love this time of year. I love the cool weather. I said cool, not cold. Where I've been, it was really cold. Bad cold. Wonderfully cold. But I love the idea of being thankful. Looking around in my life saying, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for But most of all, most of all, I am so thankful that God found me one day and He pricked my heart and said, Jason, I've got plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. You're the apple of my eye. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And if you will follow me, I will lead you on this path. Not going to be always easy. Not always going to be fun. But I'll always be with you. And you'll always know that this earth is not your home. You have an eternal home because I loved you so much I sent my only son to die for you. I'm so happy today that I can say I'm, I'm super happy, thankful for eternal life. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. The Bible teaches us that God created Adam. He created Adam to walk with Adam in the cool of the day, to hang out, basically. Just kind of be bros. And then uh, we talked about this, and he created Eve, and yeah, that, that's how that went. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Sin entered in. Sin entered in the picture. Therefore, immediately death entered in. Death entered in. 
So we're going to die. We're all going to die. It's our job because of the sin that entered in. Yet your spirit, man, I hope you guys get this today and I hope you carry it through Thanksgiving and Christmas and I hope you think, talk about it with your family. I hope you, I hope you get this. I mean, it, there are people in this room right now who have tragically lost friends or family members, but, but you know what? If they knew Christ, their spirit is alive. Because of what? Righteousness. Because of what Jesus Christ did for us. I'm so thankful for, for eternal life. If you look at verse 11 right here, it says it this way. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. And I, I know, I mean, some of you guys have been in church so long, you know the Bible better than I do. But this is what I'm challenged with every time I get up and speak and every time I read the Bible is not just reading it. How can you just read the Scripture? How do you just read it? Like, how do you not... Oh, wow. How do you not have a... Woo! It's pretty intense. So, God, you're telling me the Spirit that raised Christ out of the grave rolled away the stone and... Is living in me? Selah. Wait. Wait for it. And then all of a sudden... He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Wow. And that's where, we, that's where we land today. Do we believe that? Do, do we believe that? I do. I believe with all my heart. <laughs> I believe with all my heart Jesus Christ is coming back for us. Because I believe the Bible, and if I sh- if, if if some for some reason I strike out on this belief, then I guess I'll figure it out later. But I'm pretty absolutely most positively sure I, I, I ain't striking out. This is a home run. Thessalonians says it like this. Watch this. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will. Rise first. Wow. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Do you believe that? Like, do you? Like, because yeah, if you believe it, you got to think about it. We're going to be caught up in the air. Yeah, I believe that. We should teach our kids to believe that. Yes, I, be- I believe that with all of my heart. And that's why I'm so thankful for eternal life. I'm so thankful that Paul goes from, I know I do what I don't want to do, and what I do, what I want to do, I don't do. And he goes through this whole, oh, I'm a wretched man, but Jesus Christ. So therefore in Him there is now no condemnation. And He walks us through this amazing path of grace Not grace that has no accountability. Grace that is sufficient. We we walk through this whole path and then you get to this point where Paul says, you know what? This is not my home. See, if you're going to read the Bible, you've got to read all of it. You you can't just read Romans without Thessalonians. 
Because he's talking to the church in Thessalonica, like, just like he's talking, like he, it's, it all ties together. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. I don't know what you're going through today. This couple days ago, my cousin lost their child. Not even two years old yet. Not, not even two years old. I, I can't imagine. Been praying, talking, back and forth. And it would be very easy if I were them to look and say, there is no God. There, there is no God. Yet, living by the Spirit, the Spirit of God has comforted them. And at this very moment, right now, at this very moment, they would look you in the eye and go, I don't understand, but I believe. I don't understand, but I believe. You move that into, how can I believe? I can believe because I believe in eternal life. And I believe this is not our home. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The church that Christ left us, the giving church, encourage one another. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. And I would say to you today, no matter what you're going through, it could be horrific. But if you know Jesus Christ, you're not going through it alone. And we are here today to encourage you. That's what we do. Because that's what Jesus said to do. And that's what Paul is trying to teach us here. Thanks living. Maybe you're here today and you can't find much to be thankful about. Well, maybe that's because you're not right with God. That peace word we talked about, do you have peace with God? That's the question. Do you? And if you don't, you can today, right now, at this very moment, by opening your heart and confessing Jesus Christ as the Savior. You can do that right now, at this very moment. And we're going to give you a chance to do that. Would you bow your head all this place? So Jason, I'm here today, and right now, I'm having, a lot, I'm having a hard time finding things to be thankful about. But I feel God knocking on the door of my heart, and I really, really feel like, at this moment, I need to be at peace with God. If that's you, the Bible says the only way you can be at peace with God is to put your faith in Jesus Christ as the true Son of God, as the Messiah, and confess in your heart that you really believe that. And at that moment, the Bible says that you're restored back to God just like He created you. Beautiful. Clean. If that's you and say, you know what, I need peace with God. I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. If that's you, would you slip your hand up real quick? I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Anyone else? I need, to, I need to be at peace with God today. And I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Anyone else today before we pray? I see your hand, ma'am. Thank you. Don't want to rush past this, this time, this beautiful, amazing time that we all have a choice to put our faith in Jesus. Anybody else? you raised your hand right there where you're sitting.
Would you pray this prayer with me? And after service today, would you go out to the tent, get a Bible, get a devotion? If you want to meet somebody, you can. Uh, No pressure. But it would be awesome if you did that. But if you raise your hand, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. Thank you that I'm in this room today. And right now, God, I, I confess in my heart I believe with everything that's in me that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the one true Son of God. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life that He he was crucified for my sin, for the sin of humanity. They placed Him in a grave and He rose from that grave on the third day. I believe with all my heart that He's coming back for me one day. All the junk that's in my life right now, God, I give it to you. I know salvation's not a magic wand, but I I realize today that I'm going to have someone walking through this journey with me. So I give you that junk. I give you my life. And God, I ask that you would help me steer my life in the right direction, the way you would have it go. In Jesus' name, amen.